Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There are times in our lives, whether we are on the verge of despair or whether we're in a time of frustration or simply even if we are just tired. And all we want from God is to show us a way out of the situation, to get us out of the difficulty, to avoid the suffering, or to escape from the particular hardships that we face. But oftentimes, that prayer is answered by God in a different way. Oftentimes, and in fact always, instead of providing us a way out, God will provide us a way through. This is what Elijah learns in our Old Testament reading today that we heard as as he himself, as we were talking about with the children, Elijah himself was in the middle of a difficult journey through which God was leading him. And we heard him ask God for that way out as he sat down in the middle of the wilderness under a tree ready to give up. But to better understand this journey that Elijah was on and to see how God was going to get him through it, we do need to take a moment to understand the fuller picture of what was going on here. Elijah, you see, was called to be a prophet of God, and he he served the Lord during the reign of King Ahab of Israel. And when you read about King Ahab, you realize that this was no picnic for Elijah. Ahab had married Jezebel, who was from another country, and she introduced, instead of the faithful worship of the one true God, instead introduced the worship of false gods, like Baal and Asherah. And for allowing this and for doing much more, Ahab provoked God's anger. In fact, the Bible said that Ahab provoked God's anger more than any of the other kings of Israel, which when you read about those kings in the Bible, that's saying quite a bit. So Elijah's job then was to be that lonely voice in the wilderness, calling a whole nation back from their idolatry and towards God's uh, faithful uh, forgiveness with their repentance. No wonder John the Baptist, some 800 years later, would be compared to Elijah. And just like John, Elijah was able to do, uh, uh, through God's power, some pretty impressive things in his ministry. Elijah, of course, spoke against Israel's sin and idolatry. He, He prophesied that there would be a drought in Israel, not one drop of rain for more than three years as a sign of God's judgment on the land. Elijah performed some well-known miracles, for instance, providing a widow and her son an unending supply of flour and oil in the midst of that drought, even raising that son from the dead when the son grew ill and died. But perhaps one of the most impressive things that God did through Elijah happened immediately before our Old Testament reading today. It happened when Elijah confronted Ahab directly for abandoning all of God's commandments and for worshiping these false gods. And so Elijah tells Ahab to gather all the people of Israel and to gather the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah and meet him on a mountain because they were going to finish this once and for all. And so they each built two altars, 
one with each a sacrifice on it. And they said the God who sent fire to the sacrifice, they would be the true God. And so the the prophets of Baal, they built their altar. And so they prayed day uh, for the full day over and over, trying everything they could in order to get that sacrifice to light. But nothing happened. And that's when Elijah said, draw the people close. I want them to see this. He rebuilt the true altar of the Lord that had been there, one that had been torn down by the idolaters. And to demonstrate God's undeniable power, he had them douse that altar three separate times with water. And Elijah then prayed that God would make himself known as the one true God. And God sent fire to consume not only the sacrifice, but the altar and the rocks and even the water in the trench around it. And at this point, the people fell on their faces. They recognized they were in the presence of the almighty God. And Elijah then led them to put to death all of those false prophets that had caused them to go astray for so long. And as a signal that God was with his people for the first time in more than three years, it began to rain. God had led Elijah on this amazing journey so far with this amazing mountaintop experience. And so you would think that Elijah would be ready to storm the gates at this point, having placed all his trust in God and watching as God delivered. But instead, and again, this is where our Old Testament reading began today. When Ahab told his wife Jezebel all that Elijah had done to her prophets, she was infuriated and she leveled a threat against Elijah. And she said, may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. You see, despite this great journey that God had been leading Elijah, Elijah became afraid. And so he ran for his life. He was destitute of any of that godly courage that he had had just days before. And the Bible said that he went a day's journey into the wilderness. And that's when he came to sit down under the broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying, it is enough, O Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept. And I imagine that Elijah must have thought that he didn't think he was going to wake up again. Elijah was asking for a way out. He was either afraid that he was going to die or he was deeply ashamed that he had run in the first place. But either way, Elijah was overwhelmed by the greatness of this journey and he thought it needed to end right there. And so he was willing to give Jezebel exactly what she wanted his own life. And Elijah wanted nothing else than for God to provide him a way out. There are times in our lives and in the midst of our journeys that we too ask God for ways out. In those sudden shifts between the highs and lows of life, when when we become all too aware of, of our own weaknesses and failures and the difficulties and the moments that become just too big for us to handle. It could be the worry of trying to provide for your family and and wondering if the budget is going to balance at the end of the month. 
It could be the pressure of raising kids or, or helping with grandchildren in the world the way it is today. Or it could be trying to just find balance in the, in the crazy, never-ending parade of these fast-paced days. It could be getting stuck in the middle of family conflict where it seems like there's no end in sight and no matter what you try, it seems like it only gets worse. It could be the exhaustion. And the frustration of of dealing with with anxiety or depression, wishing that your mind would just stop failing your body. Or it could be the physical and emotional toll that a chronic ailment or disease takes, hoping that just some miracle cure could come along. Or it could be the sorrow and the grief when someone who had been such an important part of your life is now separated from you in death. These are the times, and many more, when we also might find ourselves like Elijah, sitting under the tree, looking up into heaven, wondering what is God's plan in all of this, and we want nothing more than for him to just take that problem away, to make it disappear, to provide for us the way out. But God doesn't always provide the way out. But he is always faithful to provide the way through. And this is what God did for Elijah. Elijah had all but given up, but God came to him. He sent the angel to him saying, arise and eat. And God provided him the most basic of necessities, bread and water. And then Elijah slept again. And once more, he was woken up by the Lord and told, arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. But that meal gave Elijah the strength that he needed from the Lord to not only keep going, but to go on, as our reading said, to Mount Horeb. Did you catch that? Mount Horeb is another name for Mount Sinai. It is the same mountain that Elijah was heading to where Moses had once communed with God. And there Elijah would be strengthened by God. There Elijah would find himself in the presence of the Almighty God. There Elijah would be shown by God that while God may not be providing him the way out like Elijah had asked, God was going to show him the way through. You see, God wasn't done with Elijah. He had plans for Elijah to call up the next prophet, Elisha. And both of them for a time would continue to serve as the hands and the feet and the voice of God to a nation of people that needed them. They would be sent to the unfaithful who needed to be called to repentance and to be called to the forgiveness that God was offering. And they would also be sent to the faithful who needed to be strengthened in such a difficult time of their journey. And this is how God works with us as well. In the moments and the days when we may not see any hope, when all we want is for God to provide us a way out, oftentimes in his wisdom and his care for us, God is faithful to provide a way through instead. And we know God's plan is the greater plan. Now, we need to be clear about something when we're talking about God providing this way through. The way through is not a way that is dependent upon us to accomplish or achieve. 
God didn't go to Elijah and say that, Elijah, you need to do better. Or Elijah, you need to step it up. Instead, uh, what God said to Elijah was that he knew that the journey was too great for him. If it were up to Elijah, his journey would have ended right there. When Elijah was in the midst of his despair, when Elijah was at the end of what he could do, that was when God provided for him. That was when God strengthened him. That was when God indeed showed him the way through. The journey may have been too great for Elijah, but it wasn't too great for God. And the same is true for us. We can't navigate this journey on our own. In fact, we can't navigate life on our own. Without God, we could try to do the best we could, but on account of our our sin and the weakness of our flesh, on account of the power that sin and death and the devil have over us, we too would be left in nowhere else except for in despair and at the end of what we can do. We would know full well that this journey is too great for us. But it isn't too great for God. And he doesn't ask us to do it ourselves. Otherwise, our journey would end right here. Instead, what we find is that God also provides for us. God also strengthens us. God also shows us the way through. The most important thing, of course, that God knew that we needed was a Savior. We needed saving from our sin. We needed saving from the eternal death that would otherwise been ours. And so that's why God sent his only son, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus came into this world himself, not looking to journey out of it, not looking to escape what he had to do here on earth, but rather obedient to his father's will. Jesus came with the intention and the willing heart to journey through it. For our sake. Jesus faced the worst attacks that this world and the devil and our own sin could muster against him. And Jesus bore those attacks. But you see, Jesus didn't end up sleeping under a tree in despair. Jesus instead was willingly nailed to a tree out of love for us. And Jesus didn't say, well, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. Instead, Jesus said, my life, Father, is enough for the sins of the world, and it is finished. See, Jesus overcame our sin at his cross. And Jesus overcame death. When he rose again on the third day, and by doing all of this, Jesus showed us the way through this life. A life that doesn't avoid suffering and death. A life that doesn't go around the cross. Instead, it's a life that goes directly through the cross. A life that goes into suffering and death. And our life as well. We are not escaping those things, but we trust that God is with us in those moments. And on account of what Jesus has done, we know that those things like suffering and death, they do not have the last word in our lives. Rather, Jesus does. 
And he has shown us what is waiting for us on the other side of our wilderness. He is preserving us until we reach the eternity of joy and life with him. The life that Jesus has secured for us and given us by his death and resurrection. Some of you may or may not know this. But in February of last year, my father died after a two-year battle with brain cancer. When he was first diagnosed in March of 2018, the prognosis was very clear and very definitive. It was a grade four brain tumor, and even with surgery and radiation and chemotherapy and all the clinical trials, we knew at best that he only had about a year or two to live. And we were very thankful for that time that we had with him. But, but this did become our family's Elijah moment, so to say, because we were asking God for a way out. We prayed that God would heal my dad, even though statistically that was next to impossible. But we knew that if God wanted to perform a miracle, he certainly could have, and so we prayed. But while we prayed, we also trusted And this was a gift of faith, honestly. We trusted that even if God chose not to perform a miracle, even if he chose not to provide that way out like we were asking, that God was going to be faithful, of course, to provide a way through, both for us and for my dad. My dad knew this better than anyone. He was a man of strong faith. He professed his faith so clearly his whole life, but also in those two years. And he was able to boast, not in himself, but in his Savior, Jesus Christ, on account of all that Jesus had done for him. My dad knew by faith that even if the cancer ended his life, and it did, that he would be with Jesus and that he would be looking forward to the day when Jesus would raise his body in perfection and give him the healing that we had been praying for. You see, either way, the healing is going to come, even if it's not right away. And so we know in the resurrection, we know that my dad will be perfectly healed. And all of us will. We all will be healed and given the fullness of life in both body and soul forever with Jesus. Jesus may not always give us the way out. But he will always show us the way through. And until that day, when we are raised and reunited with our Lord and with our loved ones, he will give us everything we need in the meantime. He will give us everything we need to be strengthened for our journey. Jesus gives us his word. He gives us his forgiveness. He gives us his baptism. He gives us his supper. These are our bread and water, so to speak, that we too might arise and complete this journey, one that is honestly too great for us. But it is never too great for him. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our risen Lord. Amen.